0: and I hope you'll be inspired to write. Because, as I always say, you have a story. You should write it down. This is Pencils and lipstick. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 186 of the Pencils and Lipstick podcast. I'm Kat Caldwell, your hostess, and today we have an interview episode. I wanted to get this in before we hit July. The interview is with Claire Taylor, and we're going to talk about her Reclaim Your Author Career book. If you're watching, I'm holding it up right now. I wanted to get this in before July because she has some masterclasses coming up on how to use the Enneagram in your fiction writing, which I think is really interesting. And as somebody who resisted the Enneagram for years, like really years, um, (laughs) believe me when I say it's actually very interesting and and very helpful. Um, I am not like, an evangelist, I would say, yet. But I do understand that um, we need to understand personalities as writers. We need to understand a little bit of psychology. And I think that Claire has spent a lot of time in the Enneagram world and understanding that. And so she's a really good teacher. And she's a really good place to start with all the Enneagram things and how you can um, use it for yourself, for your author career, and for your fiction characters in your writing. So it is June nineteenth. Happy Juneteenth to all my American listeners, and happy Father's Day. It was yesterday. Um, before we get into the interview, I just want to let you guys know about a couple things. Um, if you want to watch the show, if you want to see the people that I am interviewing and see me and how I can't sit still, you can watch us on YouTube. The links are always going to be in the show notes below, but you can go to Pencils and Lipstick. .com, that's all spelled out. Pencilsandlipstick.com forward slash YouTube. And you'll go straight to the channel and you'll see all of the author interviews um, and me talking. Anything that we had video um, to put up, you will see there. You can look at people's faces if you want that instead of just listening. Um, if you are looking for more information about the writing retreat that I'm putting together, um, have put together for Spain, the 17th through the 23rd in Toledo, Spain, um, you can click on the show notes below. Otherwise, you can go over to catcaldwell.com. There's a little pop up there. It will take you straight to the landing page. Um, otherwise, there's a link in the show notes, catcaldwell.com forward slash write-all-day. And you can just put in your email address on that landing page and the information will go straight to your inbox. So if that's just easier for you, you don't want to forget, maybe you're um, at work or whatever, you just want to pop in your email address, that information that is on the landing page goes straight to your inbox. And don't be afraid to ask me questions. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Um, you can just hit reply to the email and you can get me. Um, I also in the email give you the option to set up a call with me to ask me all the questions that you want. So I am really excited to have this writing retreat. Um, It is limited, there are only 10 spaces. So (laughs) if you want to go, you should probably reserve your spot now but I'm excited to share it with anybody who comes. I love my second country. Toledo, Spain is going to be an inspiring place to write all week, um, to rejuvenate ourselves in our creative process, to really advance in the project that we want to bring that week. You'll have me there to help you whenever you want. You'll have Marcy as well. So we have you covered, whether you're doing nonfiction, memoir, or fiction, we are there to help you. Um, with pretty much anything, honestly. <laughs> so uh, that is all the announcements for now. This week, I am actually in London. If you want to see me in London at the self-publishing um, show live, or I get to see Emma Dussie in person, we get to go have lunch together. Uh, you can follow that on my Instagram at catcalldall.author. You know me. I'm a I'm a type three. I'm an achiever. Claire will be telling you about that. <laughs> So you can find me everywhere. It's like I'm everywhere at once. Um, But with that, let's dive into this Reclaim Your Author career, Using the Enneagram to Build Your Strategy, Unlock Deeper Purpose, and Celebrate Your Career, this book by Claire Taylor um, and why she wrote it and all of the masterclasses and retreats that she has um, now centered around the Enneagram and how it has helped her in her career. This week's Book of the Week is Fighting Tragedy by Ashley Kay. Are you ready for fighting tragedy? Grief, lies, nightmares, death, newlywed bliss turns sour for Faith and Angel when tragedy strikes the Sanchez family. Past and present warp reality, trapping Angel in a living hell in his own mind. And the more Faith tries to reach her husband, the stronger his demons grow. While darkness closes in around them, is love enough to fight through the tragedy of death? Find Fighting Tragedy by Ashley K on Amazon. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to Pencils and Lipstick. I'm excited today to have with me Claire Taylor. She is a writer, she is a podcaster, and she helps authors with their career. (laughs) Is that good?
1: (laughs) Hi, Claire. How are you? Hey, I'm doing fine. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, Excited you do so here. many
0: things. I'm like, okay, she has the head of FFS Media. She's the Sell More Book Show co-host. She is, you have a million um, series. I mean, like maybe a little less than a million series. <laughs> yeah. You've got the
1: credit <laughs> behind you. So tell us a little bit more of who, who you are before we get into this. Um, well, I think first and foremost, I'm a fiction writer that's just yeah. wanted to do this my whole life. Um And I've wanted to do it the right way, you know, like do I want to I want to make sure that I have the most um, on point way of approaching it. And so in doing that, I made a lot of mistakes. (laughs) As we all do. (laughs) uh, Yes, a lot. I have years of mistakes behind me that I'm I'm very grateful in my more enlightened moments and kind of annoyed by and all the other moments. Um, So in, in creating my own fiction career, I really had to figure out how to do it so that it worked for me. Mm. Um, I've been called stubborn or, uh, you know, she just, she has to do things the way she wants to do them. You're you a Texan. Know, that sort of like that's what so, like, yes. <laughs> it's in red in you. Like, yes, I'm going to do it the way I think it should be done. Um, uh, very independent over here. Um, yeah. So I had to figure it out for myself and in doing that and building my own career. And I have quite a few pen names cause I, I okay. won't be contained. You can't. Can't fence me in. Um, but I in doing that, I started using the Enneagram okay. to uh to build my own career to make sure that I could had some sort of criteria for, oh, okay, this works really well for this person, but I can okay. see why this would not work for me. And so I was using that for my own career. Um, and then it slowly became a thing that I found myself helping all of my author friends with. And then it uh kind of blossomed into this. Enneagram consulting and coaching the that i Side project for that you do? Know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just another side business. Um, just two full-time businesses. So uh no, I, I, I am working, this is the phase of my life where I'm working to do less work. But oh, I like that. I'm I'm still practicing. <laughs> so when you when you say you wanted to
0: do like fiction writing correct, what did that mean to you? Like following rules or like going traditional, or what what did that mean?
1: Well You know, I I did go to school for writing, and your uh, parents let you do that. Like (laughs) (laughs) they, they did. Well, my dad's a music teacher; he doesn't have much ground to stand on. Um, My sister did the whole business thing, and so she went to got her MBA and all that. So I got to be kind of the liberal arts. You know, uh, letting everyone down. And uh, so I, yeah, I went to school for that, and uh, it made me want to stop writing (laughs) because it was not good. It, it was very much like that. You can only do the traditional path, okay. and you really literary fiction is the only real form of writing, and everything else is just you know playtime, and it's not true writing, and all of that. And I yeah. I just didn't have much of a a desire to write literary fiction. And yeah, we don't um, even know what that
0: is, really, honestly.
1: Right? It, yeah. <laughs> it, it's whatever your professor says it is, frankly, and so. I was kind of like put off for a while um, Mm. from the traditional publishing sort of route, but I just couldn't stop writing and I write comedy and um, that was not super respectable. And Mm. so I said, screw it. I'm going to go do this my way. Uh, And then I found out about the whole world of indie publishing. Right. It was like this, this is how I'm going to do it. But this was back in 2014 and there wasn't really a roadmap. so. Uh, there still isn't a roadmap, frankly. Uh, even though a lot of people pitch there being a very clear roadmap to your dreams, um, it can be a very profitable thing to pitch. But
0: <laughs> right. um,
1: yeah, so there, so I was having to figure it out. And um, there are just a million ways to decide. So I was asking myself, well, how do I decide what is right for me? Right. And this, you know this process of the Enneagram made it a lot clearer. But before I found the, you know, was really working with the Enneagram, I was stumbling all over the place. So I wanted to help people who, you know, you're not never guaranteed success, like, yeah, like, you know, uh, financial success, whatever that means to you in this industry. So why would you sacrifice what you want to be doing and what works for you uh, to try and get that? Yeah. Why? Because yeah. it's not guaranteed.
0: No, it's honestly not. And that's what I feel the worst when people come to me and ask me things They're like, well, first of all, you'll spend a lot of money <laughs> like, and you might not make it back. That sounds terrible. Come join us over here in the, in the indie publishing world. Uh, but yeah. were you did you feel like you were successful before you found the Enneagram or like was the Enneagram something that you did for your personal life or did you go straight to it to try to figure out the author life?
1: Um, it was something that, so I had at first encountered the Enneagram back in high school.
0: Oh, um, wow, My mom okay. and
1: my sister were really into it, and I couldn't have cared less about it at the time. And they t- had me take the test, and I tested as what I now know is not my type. Oh, um, okay. And so I read about it, and I was like, well, this is bogus, right? Because when you get mistyped, in any way, at any form of, you know, any part of the process of finding your type, you're like, well, this is obviously not useful. And it's like, well, of course it's not useful. That's not your type. Um, So that was what I experienced like, so I knew about it and I'd heard about it. uh, And it wasn't until I got into a mastermind with some other indie authors back in 2015, 2016, somewhere around there, that we started talking about it again. We started going through together and figuring out our types. And then that helped us talk to each other. You know, we do hot seats. We do these sorts of things each week. And so we started to be able to figure out, okay, why is the advice that I'm giving to you not clicking with you? Well, we have different motivation. So then we were able to better tailor our advice to each other and and give, you know, suggestions and not just waste each other's time by being like, no, you should do it this way. And the person being like, I don't want to do it that way. Um, That's very so, smart. <laughs> it's very right. insightful. It was it was very useful. So then it became kind of this language. Okay. Um, and it was, it was my friend Alyssa Archer, who's a an author, a really good author and um an editor as well, a really great editor as well. And she was kind of the one that, that was into it at the time and brought it into that group. And then I was like, oh yeah, I'm familiar with this. But as soon as I tested and got my correct type and read about it, it was like light bulbs. You know, it was yeah. like, oh, this is my whole life explained. Um, These are all of my problems and why. And so, um, so then I started using it for just life stuff and business stuff. And then I was like, well, why wouldn't I be using this for my characters too? And to help me get to know my, my, you know, my protagonist, my antagonist. And so then I started using that um, when I was writing my Jessica Christ series. And it was just very, very helpful and yeah. so that I started doing it more. And then when people would call me, because I I was an editor I, after college, I was like an editor for a long time. And so I have a lot of experience with that and with teaching. Um, I taught for a while, but people would call me asking for story advice. And it kept coming back to like, well, your character has mixed motivations here. They're They're part you and they're part this other Enneagram type. So let me tell you about this Enneagram type. And so you can like keep that consistent motivation. Okay. And so then that's kind of how it started. And then I realized like, oh, I should just make this an offering okay. to everyone. So you don't <laughs> have to have like randomly met me at a conference to get this sort of help.
0: So that's why you started writing the reclaim your author career book?
1: Or did you yes, do something? That was before years that? later. <laughs> that oh, was years goodness. later. Yeah. So yeah, I, I feel like
0: COVID's a, a whole. So it's like when you say twenty sixteen, I'm like, that's not that far away. Cause I forget. <laughs> right, seven years ago. Yeah, that was a long time ago. All right. So you did. So you're you were already like consulting on this, like on the side, not being paid yeah. as we do.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, well, I was I was getting paid. I was getting paid and I was creating courses and that sort of thing. But OK, there was just um, thankfully I have I have friends who have different Enneagram lenses from me and are a little bit more savvy at this whole business thing. And we're like, there's a hole in your funnel. Like you need to, okay. your sales funnel. Like, And then I was like, oh yeah, you're right. Like I don't have just a book. And for me, it was, it was like, well, obviously I'm going to publish a book. I'm a writer. Why don't I have a book about this? This is stupid. Um, so I started writing it and I figured that it was a good way to introduce people because it's, you know, it's a book is much, much cheaper than like coming to a workshop or anything mm-hmm. like that so that people can kind of see if it works for them or not. And, yeah. um, you know, I wanted the book to be something that they that, that a person could sit and read from cover to cover and not necessarily need to come do more work with me or pay for the next thing. Like, it needed to be standalone. So it's not just, right. you know, a sales pitch. Right. For me, that was very important because I don't like it when it's like, oh, this is a great book and you read it and it's like kind of shows you the problem. But it's like, if you want the answers, buy this next course. Like, that irks me. So, um, like so I Scientology wrote all over. <laughs> right. I, I don't want an MLM. I don't want to start a cult. Like the idea of starting really? a cult, it's like oh, so many people like looking to me and relying on me for answers. No, thanks. Uh, not, not this child free writer. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, it was just sort of like a, well, this can help a lot more people. I can kind of scale right. that help for people. And so I started writing it and, um, it was yeah. It's the first nonfiction I've done. Actually, the first nonfiction book. And was it easy? Because it's, it's no. A, it's
0: okay. <laughs> no, so it there's was, a lot in here, and like I feel like it's one of those books when you know a lot about something because you've personally gone through it. It would be hard to bring it down to. I mean, it's not a very like two hundred and twenty pages. Yeah. Like that's that must have been difficult to be like, I know all these things. Um, how about we just talk?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. It's it's it was a very difficult process to go to nonfiction. Um, I think there are probably people who are better at doing that, but like for me, I'm like, I want to just give you all that I know about this. I want to give you all of the tools because like I can't be helping everyone, but I want everyone to have the tools. That's smart though. Yeah, um, that's really smart. So yeah, it was it was really hard. And, and once I had finished that book and was like done with it, I was like, I'm never writing nonfiction again. Um, so never. obviously, <laughs> I already have multiple other projects in the works for nonfiction. Especially for a writer. You can't say that. I will never right. write again. Absolute it. amnesia about all of my <laughs> sworn statements.
0: Yes. Good thing nobody's recording us when we say I these know. things. I know. So I I told you before, before, but I'll tell the audience like I started reading it because of Troy from Plotter, um, Troy Lambert, and he was like, you have to get this book. This will like uh, like just open your eyes as to what is wrong and what's going wrong in your author career, why you're frustrated, and there were so many that he was correct. First of all. Um, <laughs> And I was like, oh, Enneagram. Uh, I think it's because it was such a big deal in 2016. And I was like, the people that were talking about it around me, I was like, "Uh." (laughs) I know why you're into that because you want to tell me what to do. And I don't want to do that Mm -hmm. because I'm an achiever and I don't want anyone to tell me what to do. Um, so, So, but, you know, I, I trust Troy and I was like, okay, you know what, I should, probably figure out my resistance to something and, like, give it a go before I say no. And I have to say that I now recommend it
1: to everybody. <laughs> yes, that makes my little type one reformer heart so happy. Right, you, you are reforming me as I go. Um,
0: <laughs> so there's there's several things in here, especially, um, and I think you've talked about this with Brian Cohen on the Sell More Book Show. I feel like I hear your voice instead of reading your voice. (laughs) Um, But especially like in the indie author career, I think you've said something of like, everyone who goes on stage is a certain Enneagram type, and what they're doing is working for them. And all the rest of us are frustrated in our seats because we're like, why is it not working for me? And that was like, that is so true, because it takes a certain person to get up there and to get to a certain level and to be just like, Telling everyone what works for them, right? Yes. <laughs> and then when you're in the seat and you're like, I think I tried that and it's not quite working for me. And it might be because you are a completely different personality, right? Mm-hmm. And that was like the first eye-opening thing for me. It's like, why am... It's not bad to listen to them, right? But you have mm-hmm. to understand who you are and how mm-hmm. it fits
1: with your career. Is that, is that true? Yeah. <laughs> or uh, am I yeah. <laughs> it, is that in the book? If you put it in the book, it's true. I feel like you um, no. said this. <laughs> it's, yeah, no, absolutely. There are certain types that are, listen, it takes a lot of time and effort to get yourself onto a stage mm. and to prepare for it and to do it. So to do that, you have to be very motivated to be on a stage. And that motivation tends to sort of lean towards type threes or type eights. Who like to be up there and say, you know, be in front of a crowd? Threes are very motivational by nature. They love to motivate people to work hard. That's what they're good at. That's a gift. You have, you know, they—they're very inspiring. Oprah is a Enneagram Type Three, the Achiever. Um, Taylor Swift is an Enneagram Type Three, the Achiever. Right. So um, that's a personality that likes to be on stage. But there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're not that type. The, mm-hmm. the motivation that they're trying to give you doesn't always hit or it's sort of fleeting, right? You mm-hmm. can leave okay. feeling very charged up, right? Like, oh yeah, if I just work hard, I can do this, right? Um, and that can work for a little while. But if that's not your motivation um, to have the same things that they want to have, it's not going to motivate you in the same way and you're going to leave and you're going to be like, you know, sometimes that sort of that crash afterwards turns right. into I'm just a failure. I just don't right. work hard enough. I must not want it bad enough. Um, that sort of negative self-talk. So that's the problem that arises from it. But um, yeah, so a lot of the teachers are similar Enneagram types, like the same Enneagram types. A lot of the leaders, a lot of the people um, telling you you can be a you know six-figure author if you de- just do X, Y, or Z tend to be type threes. And the people who are still making money really, you know, um, in this industry tend to be type threes. And so for the, you know, and at least those are the ones that are highly visible because visibility does tend to matter to that type. Um, There are plenty of other types who are making money and just don't talk about it. Or you know that sort of thing. So, and this is not to this is not to dunk on type threes. Obviously, I'm um, a type she, three, so like right. <laughs> yeah. So no, but I'm not on personal stage. here. Um, yeah, you're not on a stage, but you do have a podcast. <laughs> this um, is true. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, and my podcast was started by a type three as well, and I just jumped on. So, um, yeah, it, it's just to say that as an example, not everyone mm-hmm. is is motivated exactly. by the same things, and so it's there's no defect in it if someone right. is motivated by a different thing from you.
0: Yeah. And I think that's just really important to keep in mind. You all, you also have your type three and you you talk about your motivation and like your whys in like getting into your background, like taking time to figure out what you want. Because like we mm-hmm. said in the beginning, a few minutes ago, like success isn't guaranteed in this business, like any business, right? And it's a hard business to find success. So it's well, depending on what success means to you, right? And mm-hmm. to be honest with yourself and to really, like, it's it's for your author career, but it's a bit of a soul searcher <laughs> as far as books go. But I think because the career is so difficult and it's a lot of times just yourself, it's really necessary to do this and to understand yourself. Otherwise, you're going to burn out or you're going to feel like a failure because you're not like... Whoever, you know, like whoever you're looking up to, they might be a great reader, a writer, but they're not your type. And like you're you might not be trying to achieve J.K. Rowling Mm -hmm. status.
1: You're just Mm -hmm. trying to sell your book. (laughs) Right. There's a big, big middle ground between not books, not selling and J.K.R. There's a big middle ground where you can make a very, uh, very robust living. Or you can make a little bit of a side pot off of this, you know, and, you know, maybe you have a nine to five. Some types prefer to have a nine to five mm. because it creates that security. It create it, it allows them to have the money they need for the freedom they're looking for and so on and so forth. So yeah, there's just a big range of ways to do this. Um, and you can also do this in the full, there's the full range. You could do it at any point in the full range and still be miserable doing it. Right. So, it's really not about how much money you're making, how many books you're selling. It's about learning how to be happy. Yes. Um and with whatever it is and not fearing that if you are happy or satisfied in the moment, you will lose all of your drive because that's just not how it happens. Um and I think that's kind of a fear that people are like, "Well, if I'm not dissatisfied, if I'm not a little bit miserable the whole time, if I'm not struggling, then Um, I don't know what will be motivating me. There's that fear that nothing will be motivating you that you'll just say, well, if I'm not afraid of failure, then I'm never going to, um, you know, try for more or, uh, if, you know, if I don't care about the details, then, um, I'm just going to give up and produce the sloppiest work ever. And I'm going to tank my career and blah, blah, blah. But it's, so people are often motivating themselves with this fear, this core fear that is the definition of each type, um. And in doing so, they're making themselves miserable rather than trusting that if they confront that fear Mm -hmm. and sort of think it all the way through and dismantle it and deconstruct it a little bit, uh, that, you know, there's still something that is bringing you to writing and you will still want to write. You may want to write in a different way and it may just feel a whole lot better when you do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and to really understand those fears and what you actually want from success i don't know about you but i tried all the like personal motivations when i hit 30 it was like oh my gosh i have to (laughs) reevaluate my life (laughs) yeah i'm gonna do all these things maybe maybe it was like a big deal then i don't know um But this is really focusing mostly on like your author career. Of course, you can bring it into other things in Mm -hmm. your life, right? But to really take the time to understand what motivates you, what success means to you, why would you keep writing? At what point would you keep writing? And I think that it then helps you in this author space to be comfortable with what you've decided to be comfortable with, right? Because like people have different motivations and different success levels. and are you actually going to be okay with like seeing your, your series consistently sell and making, you know, an extra X amount of money if that's, that's true. And then to be comfortable with it and to like, Mm -hmm. you know what, it's okay if your motivation is different than mine, but I think if you understand it, then you are less likely to change your motivations and your, your idea of success just because somebody else at a conference said something different.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And there's a lot of good information at any conference, right? It's a little bit like a fire hose. So like once you know your motivation and know what you're trying to achieve and what your strategy is based on your motivation, um, you are able to easily filter out anything that's not relevant and find stuff that could be relevant and asking yourself, you know, how do I, how do I, change this so that it's relevant to me? How do I do mm. this in a way that's going to support what I'm trying to achieve here? Um, so it may not just be a hard yes or hard no to different, you know, techniques and and tactics, but it could be a, um, I kind of like that, but I have to figure out how to do that in my way. Yeah. Yeah. And to to know that that's an option. like Right. Yeah. That's a lot of it. It's just people don't feel like they're allowed to do things the way they deep down would love to do them. Right, right. So
0: you you not only wrote the book, which I, once again, the links will be in the show notes, but I think everyone should read because I think it, it definitely helps with this overwhelm that can come sometimes with this job. Like summer's about to hit, probably by the time this is out, everyone's kids are out. Like that is a ridiculous time of year. If you have kids and you're a writer, you're just like going crazy. Like learning mm-hmm. to, you know, to know who you are and what your author career should you know what you want it to look like whatever but then you have other workshops and retreats and is that to go deeper or is that yes. what is what is that difference there
1: yeah these are these are to go deeper so this okay. is the book can only be so individualized right because mm, we're only okay. talking about we're talking about nine types but you know within each type there's subtypes that I don't get into in the book because that's like let's not make everyone's head explode just yet <laughs> Um, there's, you know, all kinds of different ways of expressing it. And of course, Enneagram isn't the end all be all. It's sort of the base level of the person upon which there's these overlays from other people and other values, you know, put on them and background and past trauma and all these other layers. Um, so when we do stuff like the workshops or the masterclasses or the retreats, we're really, it's a smaller group so we can get more individualized. Okay. Um, so the ones that I have coming up, the two that I have coming up are masterclasses this summer. And these are just fun story nerd stuff. So we're doing Enneagram and fiction. So how you use it for your fiction, for your okay. for creating protagonists, antagonists, uh, you know, developing your themes, all that stuff. And then the next one is the hero's journey of the Enneagram. So for those like big, big story nerds, we're going to talk about how. And en- the enneagram type of your protagonist actually determines what their, um, you know, what what the supreme ordeal will look like for them. What the elixir will be for for your hero or heroine. Um, and so that's those are the two. It's very fiction based, but yeah, there's there's retreats. There's um, I have a new course coming up that's going way deep into it, but we can talk about that later. <laughs> So,
0: I like how you use this for fiction because I do think this is there's a lot of information out there. There's a lot of great books on writing fiction, but this is interesting because it's going really deep into like understanding your characters in a way that is different than what I have seen. And I have developmental edited quite a few manuscripts by now. And there's always, before I read this book, I was like, there's something off like your character wouldn't do this the way that you've mm-hmm. set them up now all of a sudden they're doing something completely different and when I read the book I was like yes we should have some sort of psychology and and like personality information like in our brains as writers because that is one of the issues I think with when you put a book down because you're like what." why is this character suddenly so different? And why did they do that? I have thrown a couple of books across the room
1: in my lifetime of like, no, I don't know why, but no, now I know why. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so the, the different types are defined by a core fear and core desire. Um, And so that is really what helps you determine what your character is going to do in stress points. And so what I found and through like my developmental editing and looking at, you know, just reading a lot is that the problem seems to be when the author is writing a protagonist who is a different Enneagram type from themselves. Okay. So then they're writing this protagonist and they're, you know, the Enneagram types are very intuitive. We've all met these types. We've seen these clusters of patterns that arise from the, the core motivations. And so it's familiar to us, even if we don't have the language for it, the Enneagram Mm. is just the language for it. Um, and so once we start to understand how these, you know, correlate to, to, you know, the behaviors tend to arise from the the feelings and the beliefs uh, that arise from this motivation, um, once we understand that, we can deconstruct why that character would not do that thing. Mm. So what happens is that the author is, let's say, a type two, and she's writing a protagonist who's a type seven, and something stresses out the protagonist, the type seven protagonist. And you're like, why would it stress them out? Well, it wouldn't. It would stress out a type two. Uh. And so the author has gotten to the point of thinking, well, what would I do in this situation? And it's a different thing because the stressors are different for different types. What's going to freak out a type 7 is not going to freak out a type 2 necessarily and vice versa. So it's that mixing um, when we're not clear on the different types, when we haven't really sorted that in our brain and, and attached the language to it, we tend to mix these. Um, and okay. sometimes it can be a result you know, or it can be a product of, I need to get this character to the next scene. So right. I'm just going to make them do this thing to get them there. Um, yes. Which there's always a way, once you know their type, there's always a way to get them to do exactly what you need to do. Because you know the stick and you know the carrot. You know the fear and you know the desire. So if you need to get, you know, your type six, the loyalist, whose core fear is to be unsupported um, and without guidance. And if you need to get them to, to move from Seattle to New York, well, <laughs> you know how to get them there. You scare the crap out of them in Seattle. And you promise them safety in New York. Yeah. Right. So that is going to motivate that character. If you do that to a type eight, it's just that the challenger, theirs is very different. They're looking at how can I be strong? So if you scare a type eight, they tend to want to fight you. They're not going to, they're not going to move from Seattle, to New York. Right. They're going to be like, oh, you think you can scare me? You think you can hurt me? Well, I'm going to show you, like, don't try and exert power over me. So the different motivations are there. But once you know it, it's like, I can get them to go and do whatever I want. Right, right. And we talk
0: about fear and desire a lot in the indie world. And I feel like there's a lot of information out there that will just make you feel like you're insane. Um, <laughs> and, you know, you have to have a fear. You have to have it. And it's true, but there, this makes it very easy to figure <laughs> out those fears and those desires. And then and it, what's interesting is, like, I think a lot of writers are scared that that's going to become formulaic
1: which is Mm -hmm. interesting.
0: No, it actually just helps you then not like freak out about like, if you're writing your character correctly, then you have like the freedom to be very creative in the plot because you're secure in how your character is going to get there because you understand them. You don't have to write a first draft just to get to know the character now.
1: Right, it's absolutely not formulaic because you know humans don't appear formulaic to us when we go out. You know, humans are complex beings and yet, this, these enneagram frameworks are still at play. So, any type can look a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, there are going to be similarities, um, but they can change based on culture. How those how those fears and desires play out. You know, uh, what is a good person in one culture? Right. So, if you're a type one, the reformer, you're worried about being good and not evil, <laughs> and so that kind of decides what you do. If you think that that's the right thing to do, you will do it but what is the right thing to do? That's going to look different in different situations. It's going to look different in different cultures. It's going to look different for men versus women a lot of the times, right? Right. Women have doing the right thing looks very different for a woman Um, or it's expected to look very different for a woman. (laughs) Um, So there's so many other factors that it is just this easy thing. And I know it's going to seem, you know, like it can seem overwhelming, but like The Enneagram has been developed uh, from thousands of years of wisdom. It's been developed intensely in the last hundred years by people with PhDs and MDs. Like they've done the work for you. You don't have to reinvent the wheel now, you know, like you can just work from this because it's used by uh, clinicians. I mean, my therapist uses it, you know, it's like, it's a, it's a thing that just is, has been proven true. So you don't have to like worry about it. Um, you know, it's just a useful, it's the closest thing to a character hack that you can find, really. Right, right. And it, and
0: I like you said, we kind of know it intuitively, so your readers are going to know. So mm-hmm. you might as well just, I, I just find it um, helpful, and I would encourage people to do it. And like, if you understand personalities and why people react the way that they do, you are going to be able to write your characters in your books better. Just like, I, I don't know yeah. wh-
1: how else to say that. <laughs> You do need to know people to write people. Yes. It's to the unfortunate truth. even personified animals. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh yeah. I I have a cozy paranormal cozy mystery series. All my familiars have types as well. Yeah. 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 You got to do that. I mean, and it actually makes it really rich. Like your your story is
0: very rich instead of having the characters that are all type two, all type three, all type. You know, a lot of times, like um, I think at one point you say you usually. Marry or date, or your partner is the opposite, and that's why I made my husband do it. And I was like, "Look at that! (laughs) This is why we don't understand each other."
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, and it's so fun because every every pairing of types, you're going to have some overlaps where you're like a hundred percent agree, couldn't agree more, and then you're going to have some like differences where you're like, "I think you might be." from a different planet, exactly right? And so it's like every pairing of characters you can throw at each other is going to have those differences and those similarities. And so you can play on that with your protagonist antagonist, with romantic, you know, any romantic partners. And it's just good fun because you know what to bring out when you need conflict and you know if, okay, I, I need these enemies to become allies. That's one of my favorite tropes you know where they're going to overlap and, and have a shared sort of um, shared action based on what their motivations are. Right. And And it's going to be believable. Yes. Like it's not going to be like, what? (laughs) And when they need to, when they need to break apart again, you just may, you just put them in different directions by motivating them in two different directions.
0: Right. Cause they're not going to change. Like that's the thing too, that people don't change 180 degrees by the end of a book. You know, Mm -hmm. like that's not, right. we
1: learn, we don't change. And that's the thing that's important with the Enneagram is that there's nine levels of development for each type. So you don't have static characters um, just because you're using the Enneagram. You can, you know, they're going to move up and down just as humans do. We move up and down these levels of health and it's based on self-awareness and self-knowledge where you are in that moment. Um, And so you can have a character that starts kind of in these low average levels of health, that they're Mm. not very aware of their, you know, patterns of behavior and thought and speech and everything. And then because of that, something happens that sort of jolts them in your inciting incident. And then you have them have to kind of search for answers for the rest of it. And by the end, maybe they're at more of like a high average developmental level or like a healthy level. Um, you know, or if it's, if it's a tragedy, then they're probably starting at, or they're ending at a lower health level than what they started at. Um, so yeah, it just gives you a lot to work with and there's all kinds of resources. So if you're like, how am I supposed to remember like the nine developmental levels for nine types? Well, you don't, there are, there are lots of books on this, lots of research. So,
0: and there's workshops
1: and And there's workshops. Yeah. And I'll show you how to use the tools. And then you can go get your references for it. (laughs) Yes, yes. And
0: you you even touch on um, writing series because you write series, right? Yes, yeah. So like how to keep consistent with the series and like, you know, whether you're planning it now, you kind of go into that or whether you're kind of stuck because you didn't plan it before. and Now you have to keep going. But that's what I find really interesting about the Enneagram because I had studied like the big top five personality types, which Mm -hmm. I think is somewhat helpful Um, But the way that you went into how you, you know, because by the end of book one, a a lot of times we have our character really high, like they're writing a high, they're so Mm -hmm. healthy, they're doing great. And you're like, oh, no, I have like eight more books. (laughs) And I love how you you, you don't shy away from that and how you go through a series, especially if you are, you know, not yet stuck in it, but then how to get out of it if you're slightly stuck.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the great thing about writing these characters is that they are just people and people have to learn the same lessons over and over again. And in new ways, it's like, I may have learned a lesson in one small part of my life. That doesn't mean my brain has applied it to every other part of my life. Um, And it doesn't mean that I necessarily learned the full lesson. And it doesn't mean that I'm going to remember the lesson. Um, So yeah, there's all, and then there's, you know, a bajillion lessons that we need to learn. So there's, I, I get that question a lot when I'm presenting on this sort of thing. Like, well, if you have them learn what they need to learn by the end, what do you do in the next book? Like you teach them something else. We're dumb in a lot of ways. Like we can, you know, your, yes. your protagonists can, can learn a lot of things. Um, they can learn a hundred books worth of things and still have more to learn. Uh, you might likely get sick of writing them at that point or before that point. But if you were really into it, you could just keep going. Right, right. Yes.
0: So I do um I have learned a lot from this and I know that for fiction it's really great. Um so I would highly recommend you, people go and check out the master classes. I might have to check out one honestly just to see how what I can do cuz as you talk about people not learning all their lessons, sometimes I I you know for the next book I'll probably have to start at square one. <laughs> just like go <I'm> back <laughs> like okay, let's take an enneagram test and just figure this out again. Um But I also thought, like, once you're done with your book, um, for any listener out there that's like, okay, great, I can, you know, figure out my fiction characters better, maybe it will help me write faster, whatever, whatever they're dreaming about right now. Um, What's also interesting is that you talk about how to market. And that was one of the biggest points, like, for my Enneagram type that I was like, oh, my gosh, I feel so much better now. (laughs) I don't have to market to everyone, which... Yeah, you kind of know that, you know, your book isn't for everyone. But when you break it down with the Enneagram, I was like, I all I have to do is find my people. I don't know mm-hmm. why it took me this long, but
1: it did. <laughs> well, I mean, it probably didn't take you as long to figure out as it took me to figure out, right? So we're all figuring it out together, um, and that is a big thing because you just want people to read your book so bad. Um, it's not, it's not abnormal. For an author to become a little bit thirsty in that way, you know? Right. Um, But the truth is that, you know, there's that thousand true fans that we need. um, And if we got a thousand true fans, that'd be great. You'd be off to a fantastic start in your author career. And you can find a thousand people that are into anything, frankly. Um, If the internet has taught me anything, (laughs) right? Right. If the depths of the internet have taught me anything, it's that you can find a, a thousand people that are into anything. So it's really about starting from what you're into, what you want to produce, figuring out the words for it, who mm-hmm. it is for, which the Enneagram helps us with, and then blasting that out in whatever way is comfortable to you. You know, you don't have to do all the things. Um, you don't have to even do social media frankly. There are plenty of authors who don't really do social media, but have found a way that works for them. Right, to make the kind of you know book sales that that feel good. So,
0: right, right, yeah, you can get off the hamster wheel, and I think um, David Gochran even says this, but he doesn't quite um, he doesn't quite go into how to do it, but he talks about how like you can get sixty thousand people on your author newsletter. Fine, you're on your yeah. list. You're sending out all these emails. If they are not the people who are going to read your book, it's worthless. (laughs) And that's, that was one of the points that I really resonated with, with finding my Enneagram and then finding what types of stories I tend to write. And then, okay, now I'm going to go and find the people who tend to like those types of stories and get off the hamster wheel of going to try to convince all the other types that they're going to like my book. Because yeah, (laughs) like why spend the money and time doing that?
1: (laughs) Well, and it's a very human uh, impulse to try to find metrics to show mm. that we are um, you know, progressing. So those metrics a lot of the times are like, um, how many Instagram followers do I have? How many subscribers do I have? right? Those are easy sort of low-hanging metrics right. that can can help us chart progress. And it could, Uh, be useful if it's one of the metrics and not the only metric or that, you know, all of our metrics are these sorts of like follower count metrics or subscribers. um, Because we know that those don't necessarily convert. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of the people who we look at and we go, oh my gosh, they have so many subscribers. They must be so, um, or so many followers. They must be, you know, so famous. Wow. I'm so impressed. I just want to do whatever they tell me. You can buy followers, right? So we don't want to judge other people's success on these because they can, they can be fraudulent. And we also don't want to, you know, judge our own success on this because it can be fickle. Right. Um, and there are a lot of authors who are making what they need to write full time and you wouldn't know it based on how many subscribers they have or right. how many followers they have. Um, because that's just not where they're finding the people or the people who are following them are so rabid that they, you know, they're like, yes, whatever you have, just tell me where to put my credit card number, you know? Right, right. Um, so yeah, I think it's about really evaluating what is going to, what metrics are going to make us happy and mm. what metrics are going to keep us writing day after day when this is a difficult and often lonely job. Right, and yeah. That could just be a metric of, did I write a scene that made me laugh today? Right. Right. That's a a perfectly good metric. And that's the kind of thing that's going to keep you writing. Yes. Yes. And not um,
0: going after people who aren't going to resonate with your books will probably keep you not from writing, (laughs) from not writing. Like, I, I think it will help you in your mental health in the long run. To just sort of have this full circle of how you can sit down and write, you understand your characters better because of it, you understand yourself. And then when you go out into market, you know, I cringe at any sort of marketing because most of us just want to write and then pass the book off <laughs> and have somebody else market. But we're all alone. Um, you won't just drive yourself crazy and you won't. Um, I tell people you won't get those crazy reviews because you marketed it to the wrong person. And like, if you understand yourself and your books and your marketing, like come back full circle, you won't get this. I don't understand this book. And now it's a review on Amazon forever.
1: Right. And usually those decisions that lead to that sort of uh, not ideal reader are results of either a need for instant gratification or you've been triggered in some way, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's like, ooh, I've, I've been triggered. My core fear has been triggered. This is, you know, something feels like a threat to my identity and my sense of self. And so now I've got to go, okay, yeah, sure. I'll take this promotion, you know, for my Jessica Christ series that puts it in the religious and spirituality, you know, like, yeah, okay. That'll get me some reads. Right. Because I'm just like, I need more book sales. And then I go and it's somehow, you know, under Christian literature and everyone's mad at me now because (laughs) it really splits a room. It really splits a room that series. I think it's a it's a great idea, though.
0: I think it's a wonderful idea. Well,
1: it would it would it would get me some sales, but it would get me the wrong sales, right? It would get me a lot of one star right. reviews, um, right? With the you know out of context Bible quotes.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Yes. <laughs> May <laughs> might not
0: want to get there. Yes. Yeah, I it's not that.
1: really. I mean, if that's your thing, that's fine. But that's just not what that series is for,
0: you know? Exactly. So. And that, that's the thing is understanding that and understanding yourself and your books better and then your market better. Right? So, like, yeah, having that full circle so that, like, you always talk about just being happy and content in your author career. We don't have to be the, um, the miserable artists.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Don't do that. Definitely don't do that. There are all kinds of ways to be miserable in this world. Don't make your writing one of them. <laughs>
0: right. We don't <laughs> want to romanticize that. So uh, you have more information about this. You have mm-hmm. a, a YouTube channel
1: all about yeah. writing with the Enneagram as well. What is that called? Yeah, that's um, the, the – I don't know what the channel's even called. But if you go to ffs.media <laughs> forward slash YT for YouTube, not because I'm white um, – <laughs> But if that helps you remember it, go for it. Um, that has all of my basic videos. And these are just introductory videos. So if you're just trying to figure out what is the Enneagram, this is right. my free resources. Um, because it's like, I don't need to, you know, here it is. You can learn it on your own time, see if it's something for you. Um my motivation is not to make a ton of money off of this. My motivation is to just reach as many people as I can, mm-hmm. and so that that's kind of how I how I start. Especially because I get these same questions over and over again, and it's right. like, hey, here's a great place to explore on your own time, and come back if if you think that anything that I'm doing is useful and you want more of it, you know. So yeah, there's that. Uh, there is, I have a free course actually. I just remembered. And this is the five-day author alignment, indie author alignment course. If you go to um, www.ffs.media forward slash five-day, and that's like the number five in day. Okay. um, That is basically, it's laid out the same way as my book. So we talk about creative values, persona, themes, and protagonists, and then bringing it all together. And... um, that's for free. That's for anyone who wants to get acquainted with it and have some resources and understand sort of the process yeah. that I work um, on with authors. That is that is there. That's available. So that's a great place to start. And then if
0: you want to get the book or if you want to check out the master classes, where would they go for that?
1: ffs.media forward slash classes. Those are the <laughs> summer classes. You're so organized, Claire. Um, and I, I would
0: highly recommend everyone get on to. Claire's um newsletter you always talk about the things that are coming up um, and talk a little bit more about the Enneagram and yeah I just I encourage anyone to check it out all the resources that she has that Claire has both on YouTube and in the in the free course see if it is something that will help you honestly just have more fun writing and in your author career right we want more happy authors out there
1: and life is short Life is short, y'all, and do it enjoying the thing you want to enjoy. Um, but also, if you are one of those people and you're listening and you're like, ugh, the Enneagram, I get it. I get it. I don't – I can't tell you how many people have been like, I was rejecting the Enneagram and then I – because all my friends talked about it and they made it sound like a cult. And <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, you know, cat. Um, or I had some friends who were really into it and they, you know, maybe used it dismissively like, oh, you're such an eight, right? Right. That sort of thing. That ain't what it's about. (laughs) So give, give, give myself a try. It's not dismissive. It's not just like, we're not sorting you into Hogwarts houses, right? It's, it's useful. (laughs) It's useful information that can help you get to know yourself better and not only get to know yourself better, but get to enjoy yourself more. So, um, that is my disclaimer. It's, it's If someone treated it like a cult, they didn't understand it because it's a liberation, not a control mechanism. <laughs> as as some good Americans will always do, they will find out. <laughs> I know. Yeah.
0: Life I'm finds the a head way. Enneagram person. You must do as I say. But I do have to say like, yeah, that is one reason that I rejected it for a while. But you're very good about not calling any one particular, you know, um, type out. It's just like, this is how we are. And it's okay. I'm like, let's just get to know ourselves and, our, and each other and our characters. And honestly, like I, as somebody who tried to reject it a long time, I was telling you earlier, like today with my daughter, I'm like, listen, you are a type, I haven't had her do that. Like you're a certain type and you need to um, not expect the same things from your friends because they're different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. It really does help you um, both in your in your own author career and with writing. So thank you so much, Claire, for coming on and telling us. I know there's a lot to talk about in just 40 minutes so that we didn't even cover everything. But I will have the links in the show notes below for people to
1: get to know you even better. Awesome. Thanks for having me on, Kat. This was fun.
0: Hey, you're still listening. you can head over to catcaldwell.com. I have my story over there, my books, my interactive journals, my one-on-one coaching information and information on my creative writing community membership group. If you're looking to write a book or you are a writer and you just want to find out more about how to write, how to publish, how to format, how to market and all the things that go into being an author these days, check out the membership group. There is a 14 free day trial that you can try it out, get into the masterminds, find out all the goodies that we are talking about in the group. I would love to see you there.